Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're no, 30. I'm, you don't even... My age doesn't... We I'm here the at the dinner. Summer. I am 30. And you're all old as... And acting like you're... Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City edition. I'm so excited. How many episodes are we in so far? Six, maybe five? Loving it. Loving it. Just bangers. Bangers every week. I'm so excited to talk about it. So let's get into it. We're still at the Met Gala lunch with the fake beef eaters, the $1,200 AirPods, the $8,000 a pound truffle um, shavings and, you know, Meredith and Jen have just made up. I think it's interesting or not interesting, but it's worth mentioning that Meredith really had no idea. And I don't think Jen ever explained the Mary of it all and why she was upset when it came to Meredith. Meredith seems to really not understand what it was that Jen was mad about, but she's happy it's over. And she'll accept her apology. Jen says, you know, like, I know that I have a tough exterior, but it's because I care so much. And, you know, I just really say what people are thinking. And it's like, okay, well, which one is it? (laughs) Is it because you're passionate or is it because you're actually like the truth teller and you're doing the dirty work for everybody else? Like, she's just throwing everything at the wall and hoping it sticks. And personally, I love to see it. But I wouldn't want to be her friend. (laughs) Uh, So Mary then chimes in and she says, Okay, you just said that you said that... 
you say what everybody else is thinking, but like none of us at this table would say the things that you have said. Not me or not anybody else. We also wouldn't do the things that you do. This was going to be like a petty argument that I was here for until Mary dropped the G word. She called Jen ghetto. Mary, Mary. (laughs) For the white people that listen to this podcast, should I even like hip you to game to this? Yeah. I mean, I think that there are some conversations that like, think about it like your family. There are conversations that you guys will have and things that you'll say and things that you'll say about family members. But it's like once you're in mixed company and once you're like out in the world, they're not, they're things that you just want to keep close. So I have to give Jen several points for having these feelings, accurately expressing them. I wouldn't say that she accurately expects them to marry, but I think part of that was because of what I'm talking about now, which is that like you don't really go that deep but then I think Mary excuse me Jen heard Mary call her ghetto and she was like oh I just cannot take this anymore here so here we go oh lord 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 and so Mary keeps asking Jen why do you keep coming for him for me and Jen's like I haven't even spoken to you since this flapper party and Mary's like well I don't want to talk to you ever. And this harkens back to Barry's <laughs> argument style, which is like, she will not apologize. And then when people come at her for not apologizing, she'll be like, oh, well, I actually think you're a horrible person. So when we saw her in the first episode, <laughs> um, when Jen confronts her about saying that she smelled like hospital, and then Jen has to get the woman who told her that Mary said she smelled like hospital. The woman sits down and is like, yeah, I told her that. And Mary is like, well, you smell like hospital too. Is that productive? (laughs) Is is that a productive conversation to have? No. (laughs) So now we're seeing Jen be like, "I, I don't know why you're saying that I keep coming for you when I haven't even seen you. And Mary's like, well, I don't even want to see you. And again, this is not productive. (laughs) Like, and so Heather's like, Mary, yes, you do want to talk to, to Jen. Like, don't say you don't want to talk to her ever. And Mary's like, I don't. I don't want to talk to her ever. <laughs> so then Mary asks Jen to leave. <laughs> so Jen gets up. She walks away. Heather's still trying to mediate this whole situation. Diffuse it. So Heather gets up to get Jen to, like, get her to calm down. And Heather in her talking head is like, Yes, Mary did say that Jen smelled like hospital. Yes, Jen did say that Mary was a grandpa fucker, but let's move on, forgive, and let it go. (laughs) The fact that, like, somebody can say that sentence, it's just a treat. And it's a treat that we get to know all of the details surrounding it. It really is. Lord. So then (laughs) Lisa chimes in and she's like, you know, when I heard Jen call Mary a grandpa fucker at the party, 
I cringe. So I can only imagine that Mary thinks that everybody thinks that about her and she needs to know that that isn't true. So Heather makes Jen come back inside and she says, you know, Jen wouldn't even, Jen says, you know, I wouldn't even be here if I didn't care. And then Heather and Mary start bickering because Mary's like, oh, well, it seems hypocritical. Excuse me. Heather's like, the point of this party was for everybody to be open and for everybody to say how they feel and we can come to like a, a holy place here. And so I think it's a little bit hypocritical that you're telling Mary, you're telling everybody that they can open up, but then you're not really giving them a chance. Like you don't want to hear it when they do. And so Mary tells Heather, you have very many faces, but I don't want Vulture to hear this because he's very upset. So then we see restaurant owner Vulture (laughs) in the background looking like he has no idea what's going on for those of you. And I feel like there are so few of you and it's tragic that that's the case, but I used to be, and I still am a huge fan of the hit show, not even a hit show. It was an underground niche camp show by one Amy Sedaris called strangers with candy. And one of the running gags of that, um, show was that her stepdad (laughs) never spoke. He was always, like, in this frozen position. He never seemed to really know what was going on. You would just catch him in the background at, like, some various pose in which he's looking at the wall. And that's exactly what Vulture looked like. So when Mary's like, I don't want to have this conversation. Vulture's very upset. And Jen's like, yeah, I know Vulture. I know Arturo, too. Like, you're not the only person who knows Vulture. Vulture, I'm sorry. He's fine. You're not the only one who knows him, Mary. Okay. So then Whitney tries to break things down for Mary to try and help Mary understand the situation. And Mary tells Whitney to mind her own business because she's only 30. And this is why I fucking love Whitney. Is She says very sweetly in her talking head, like, I am 30 and you're all old as fuck and you're acting like you're 10. <laughs> Are we not? Are people not picking up on the majesty that is one Whitney Rose? This Rose isn't scared of a little prick. I love her. <laughs> I love her. I love her. So moving on, Mary then calls Jen. She hits her with a double whammy by calling Jen a hoodlum. And at this point, Jen is now pissed. Because she's like, you sat there, you called me ghetto. Now you're calling me a hoodlum. I would never use those words against somebody else because I understand the history of it being racist and hurtful to black people. And so I've had enough. And so Mary, Jen calls Mary out by saying, what did you tell me not too long ago? We were talking about 7-Eleven and you said, if I saw black people outside of a 7-Eleven, I would just go to a different store. I wouldn't go in. And Jen's like, you know, I'm bringing this up now because you just called me ghetto and a hoodlum and I need to connect the dots and figure this out. Go ahead, Jen. Go ahead. I'm recalling memories and now you're saying all these like really problematic terms and I have black kids. I have a black husband. I have a black family. So I need to figure out if you're the kind of person who's genuinely going to be saying shit like this because we don't need to be friends. And she's absolutely right. 
Mary, on the other hand, the production asks her <laughs> about the 7-Eleven comment. And Mary's like, you know what? I just have two things. It's convenience stores, fears, con of a convenience store and of hospitals. She thinks convenience stores are violent. <laughs> what? <laughs> and we all know why she hates hospital. We, we don't need to go back into that. So Jen leaves again and Mary's like, well, I tried. Heather, can you give me those air pads back? She didn't take them. So like, I'm, I'm going to need those back. Give them to me, girl. If you still got them, Mary, I'll, I'll, I'll DM you my address. I would like them. <clears throat> So our next scene, we're done with the luncheon. Brooks is sitting on the couch at the municipal building of Meredith Marks. And he's giving you full Rachel Maddow fantasy, doing sketches for, you know, the Brooks Marks label. House of Brooks Marks. And he goes, uh, how was that luncheon that you went to the other day or whatever? Whatever day that was. <laughs> you said you did a thing on a day. What, how did that go? Right. <laughs> so I have never seen lips that pink and I need to know if those are natural Brooks. Like do you, drop the Kylie cosmetics lip kit uh, name. I'm going to need to know what, what shade that is. It, I don't think lips are that naturally pink. I just want to know a secret. So Meredith was like, well, you know, it was a little bit volatile, but Jen basically apologized to me. And Brooks is like, what does that mean? She basically apologized to you. Did she apologize or not? <laughs> Brooks stays challenging his mother like they're on equal footing. Now, granted, that is a fair question. What does a basic apology mean? Did she do it or did she not? But I also just feel like Brooks has too much dip on his chip. He's, they're creating a strange dynamic in which Brooks can basically talk to his mother like she's stupid and tell her how to live her life. And like, I don't love that. I don't love it. <clears throat> so then Meredith is like, you know, <sighs> what Jen did you know, Jen basically said, like, she cares so much. And that's why she gets all heated. And Brooks is like, so she yells at the people she cares about? And I'm like, yeah, fair question, dude. Like, it, that's something that you can only get away with for so long. Our next scene, we see Heather in the kitchen. She's with her daughters. And she gives us a little bit more insight into like her relationship with her daughters and how she's like breaking the chains of the uh, LDS church, basically. So she tells us that, you know, dating is a very thing that you don't really do to the point where like girls won't even go to the same dance with a guy two times in a row or, you know, like at all, you go to the dance with him once and you don't go again because that can trigger a serious relationship. And that is a pathway down to like being a whore. Okay. But she is breaking those chains and she is, you know, letting her daughter date. So then we have to see the scene with her daughter um, dating a guy. I think his name is Jaden. They've been together for two years. 
he looks like, you know, the principal, like the lead role in like a Disney Channel original movie about hockey or something. Um, But Heather wants her daughters to like have that like love, romance, fun vibe while they're young. We also get some information about she and her ex. And she says, you know, we have a beautiful home. My ex was really adamant about the fact that our lifestyles changed very little once they got a divorce. And he really wanted their kids to have a stay-at-home mom. So, seems like financially they worked out something good. Now, granted all that, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I, I want to see more of the house, is what I'm trying to say. Because so far I feel like we've only gotten her kitchen. And for somebody whose family is worth billions, I'm just going to need to see the rest of the house. That's all I'm saying. It was a very nice kitchen. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if your family comes from our billionaires, I just, you know where I'm going? (laughs) I just want to know. I just have some questions. Um, what else is from that? Not really. Oh, there was a conversation that they had about going back to church. So Heather tells her daughters like, oh, you know, I'm going to be sleeping in on Sunday. But like, if you guys want to go to church, you're more than welcome to. And one of her daughters is like, you know, it's been so long. What's another week? You know, like, let's just do, let's just keep this going. So apparently, according to Heather, since the divorce, they've not really been as into going to church because, she says that there's some kind of stigma to the family. I don't know. I'm really curious as to like how much of this is Heather's insecurities and how much of this is actually real. Because once we saw Heather feeling some type of way about Lisa calling her a good time girl in college, I just wondered like, Her go-to was like, is Lisa being mad at me or is Lisa treating me this way because I'm single now? And I just, I really want to know like the breakdown of like what is in her mind and what is actually her reality. Um, So our next scene, we have Meredith coming to pick up Seth from the airport. They have not seen each other in a couple weeks because Seth has been working between Ohio, Akron, and Chicago He loves Ohio and is like, Meredith, are you going to move to Akron with me in a couple years? And she's like, absolutely not. Not happening, sir. (laughs) Not having it. So I think Meredith has some good points here. Seth tries to pivot the conversation of like, why do you care where you live? Is it that important to you? Or is it important that you're with the person that you love? And Meredith is basically like, don't pull that shit on me because the entirety of our kids growing up in most of our relationship, every couple years we're having to move because of your job. So he works in like the closeout slash discount retail industry, which apparently is an industry that requires you to move like you're some sort of person looking, you know, for gold and during the gold rush era. And so they've, you know, 
been to Chicago. They've been to Park City. He used to work in Dallas. He used to work here, there, and everywhere. And it's just been a big toll. And so at this point, she's like triggered. And I get that because you know what? I watch a lot of Sister Wives and I can understand how too many (laughs) moves would trigger somebody and make them feel some type of way. So for that, Meredith, I completely get it. Then Seth is like, well, I would move anywhere for you. And she's like, no, you wouldn't. Don't even play that shit on me because if you would move anywhere for me, you'd have been living in Utah full time this whole time. So check that. Then they go back and forth over like whose business is more important. So she has a jewelry line in Utah and he was like, well, I have a hundred employees. And so you should really be moving to for me because AKA I'm like the more important one or the breadwinner here. And you know, who cares about your piddly little jewelry store? It's not what he said, but it may have well have been, you know? Um, so Meredith's like, I don't even want to talk about it. So what started as like this lovely, we're getting our groove up. I'm doing the romantic thing by picking you up at the airport. It's so nice to see you, Seth, has now gone to like, in the span of a very short car ride, has got, gone to like, she doesn't even want to talk to him. She's now completely shut down. And all the effort that she made to pick him up is like, ugh, well, we just got in this fight already. How frustrating. You haven't seen your partners in week, partner in weeks. And 15 minutes into the car ride, you guys don't want to talk to each other. Like, that's a real bummer. Ooh. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So let's go over to another strange and strange relationship. We're back at Mary and Grandpa Zaddy's house. But then we're also coupled with Jen at her office talking to Coach Sharif. They're both talking to their husbands about the luncheon. So Mary tells Grandpa Zaddy about how, you know, like, again, she would never say the things that Jen says to her and Jenna's telling Sharif about the 7-Eleven comment and she's like I just couldn't sit there and listen to Mary's bullshit because my family's black and what if those people outside of the 7-Eleven were my sons or my you know family members and that would have been you know I'm just thinking about like you seeing them and being so turned off that you would go somewhere else like fuck off basically 
I've got a big problem with you. So Coach Sharif says something interesting. And he's like, you know, intraracial issues are real. And black people, there are certain part of black people who will say anti-black things all the time. So I don't want you to be discouraged by the situation and wondering why you befriended another woman of color and also wondering like why you guys are not on the same team. Like, don't be discouraged by that. I don't think I've ever seen a show address things that happen like black people being racist or or um upholding racist stereotypes about other black people and i've never seen it happen where the black woman is in the wrong and the woman of color <laughs> is actually making some really good points that i thought was interesting I I liked seeing it and I liked seeing that, you know, there are these sides of Jen who I have to say is like probably my least favorite, but on the show, but only because I feel like she's really good in things like this. And last week where she was telling Heather, maybe it was two weeks ago, she was telling Heather, like, don't be defined by your relationship and don't be despaired by it use this as a situation to like lift your daughters up and tell them like it's okay to be single it's okay to like live your life and actually find love and you know don't just marry because you feel like you have a purpose like though that's great jen jen i think seems to have a very strong head on her shoulders when it comes to racial issues and things like that and so I would just like to see more of that because I think there's, we have a lot of good stuff with Jen. I just think she's like trying to bring up these like things that she's seen on former housewives shows thinking that it's going to work. And it's just like, you just have to be yourself, Jen, because I like this Jen. I really do. So then we get back to Mary and grandpa's daddy and Mary says, you know, I was just being real and I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And Mary's still upset that Jen called her a grandpa fucker. And that is fair. (laughs) That is a fair thing to still feel some type of way about. And then, then, then Mary says she feels like it was basically her against everybody in that room. Mary's convinced that Jen is triggered by her because she's jealous. And this conversation only gets more strange when Mary and Heather go to dinner. So we'll talk about that in a second. The next scene we have is Whitney going to jujitsu with her brother, Will. So they have like sort of a complicated relationship. Not, not really. Their relationship is fine. They've always been very close, but like the family dynamic is a little bit complicated just because I don't know all the players. So it sounds like there are kids. She has a full blooded sister but there are kids from her relationship excuse me from the relationship between okay she has her dad (laughs) and her mom and they both have kids outside of they came into the situation having other kids 
And then they, as a couple, had two more kids. One of them being Whitney and Whitney's sister. So, the situation with them is that, like, her brother Will is not her full-blooded, full-blooded brother. That's, I, I think they share a mother. I think that's what the deal is. <clears throat> no, that's not right. <laughs> I'm confusing. No, yes. I think they do share a mom. Yes, they do. They do share a mom. So Whitney's dad that we've seen is not Will's father. So <clears throat> basically, you know, Whitney's telling Will about my dad's going back to sober living. His deal was that like he went to rehab and then he was supposed to go straight into a sober living facility. But instead of doing that, he went to California and did some like other, I think alternative style treatments and his withdrawal symptoms got so bad that he almost relapsed. So this is now like the sober living place that he was going to go to. He's now going back. So Will's like, okay, well maybe I should call dad. So apparently what happened is that when her, when their parents got divorced, this blended family became like team dad versus team mom. And Whitney feels a little bit isolated because she chose to support and stay, you know, maintain a relationship with her father after he, you know, be started using basically. So Will's like, you know what? I'll call dad. I want to figure out, you know, I want to be supportive and I want to be supportive of you because I love you so much. Blah, blah, blah. They do jujitsu. And this is like another time where I just have to love Whitney because she takes her brother who is a solid big dude and just chucks him over her tiny little body several times in a row and he's like, I really have to get you in the ring. Like, you're actually pretty talented. You've got what it takes. And I'm like, you're, thank you, Whitney. You do have what it takes. So congratulations. So our next scene, we have Lisa. She's having a bowling party for one of her son's birthday. I think his name is Hunter or Henry or something. Lisa told on herself <laughs> on multiple occasions during the scene at the birthday party. She starts off by saying... You know, things get so hectic. Uh, Sundance is coming up and, you know, things are just so crazy. And I just... The birthdays are like a big deal because that's the one day where my kid gets undivided attention for me. That's the one day? His birthday? <laughs> the one day out of the... Ooh... I don't know if I would say that was the one day that my t my my child got my full and undivided attention, but okay. Honestly, I really I am excited for next week's episode because I want to find out what it is Lisa does that's so vital to the process of the Sundance Film Festival. I'm just picturing her like riding around in a Tesla fueled by fueled by Vita Tequila. Like, what is it that she does? <laughs> So her husband is named, not Seth, John. His name's John. And he's like, oh, what did Meredith tell you about um, her marriage? And Lisa's just like, you know, I think it's, 
you know, they're separating. I think that they, you know, were raising their kids. I think that, um, you know, they got lost in that. And then she says, this is where she tells on herself again. She says, when you marry into the Mormon faith, you're not marrying till death do you part, do us part. That's not part of it. You're marrying for eternity. This is a partner that you've chosen in this life and the afterlife. So, so you just pick a partner and make it work. <laughs> is that what you did, Lisa? Because I've been noticing, like, I've been trying to pay a little bit of attention to Lisa and her husband. It doesn't seem like there are a whole lot of sparks between them. So I I thought saying, like, you just pick a partner and you make it work felt like, yeah, that seems exactly what you're doing, Lisa. So then Lisa tells John, like, I understand how Meredith and Seth got there. Because sometimes, like, I want you to just say... You're so beautiful. I'm obsessed with you. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, when do you want me to say that? She's like, every day. (laughs) I want you to say that to me all the time. (laughs) And then she admits in a talking head, like, yeah, John and I don't have a perfect marriage. Like, I've thrown his Rolex out of the car window one time. You know, we have our ups and downs. So the producer's like, did you get the watch back? And she's like, well, John went and looked for it. It took him forever. I threw it in a snowbank. So then she says, you know, we see people marrying for all the wrong reasons all the time. And there's some girls who marry for something. And I can't relate because I deserve. She's like, I don't have to perform services for presents. Like, I deserve presents for just breathing, just for being Lisa. And John's like, okay, well... Yeah, but if you ever want to perform those services, I'm here. <laughs> and this is like, absolutely not. Lisa definitely has like, never gives blowjobs energy. You know? Never does it. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So then we have a short scene of Whitney taking her dad and his hair to that sober living facility. He's really excited and he says, you know, he really needs the structure of the facility, the schedule, the testing, 
all of that sort of thing he needs. Whitney is actually super excited. She's like, you know, we've been down this path with him for years now. This is the only time he has made the conscious decision to work the program and go back to sober living. So I'm actually really encouraged by this because it's the first time he's ever done this on his own. So then we see Seth. He's packing up his duffel bag to go back to work. Back to Ohio, he goes. So Meredith asks, like, okay, what's what's your plan? Because, you know, the last couple weeks we've been arguing. It's been tough. And Seth is like, well, maybe me being out of the picture will help you find what you want. And maybe I'm not part of that picture. And Meredith is like, yeah, I, I don't disagree. So it seems like in this scene especially that Meredith is standing strong and she wants to make sure that she is making all the right decisions whereas Seth wants to fully get back together he does not like the separation and he doesn't want to leave with them still being separated so Meredith says you know it's not that I want to be separated from you, but sometimes people need to take their time to figure things out by themselves on their own. And then she tells Seth, you know, I think it's fine that like we're leaving things like you're leaving and we're still separated. I, I think that's okay. And he's like, okay, but I don't want to do that. And then he starts getting emotional and they hug. And she says, you know, it's not like I, I do love you. It's not that I don't, he's crying and then he walks out. I think it's also worth mentioning that they have like a bear painting in their bedroom. I don't know why that's important to me, but it just felt worth mentioning. Anyway. So then we get the last scene in which Heather and Mary meet up at a restaurant. So at the lunch Heather, Mary called Heather two-faced because she was being, riding the fence a little bit. And Heather's like, I just need Mary to know that, like, I can be loyal to everybody. This isn't, like, a betrayal on anybody's side. Like, I can be friends with you. I can be friends with Jen. And you guys are just going to have to deal with it because I know how to be neutral. So, (laughs) they order drinks. Heather orders like a vodka tonic or something. And Mary says, well, I just want still water because the carbonation affects your ovaries. <laughs> Mary, where did you hear that? Where did you hear that? Y'all, Mary's Instagram is wild. <laughs> it's such a treat to see this woman who clearly is not like hip Like, y'all see Jen Shaw's Twitter, and it's like, she's memeing, she's making jokes, she's making all the jokes, she's got her finger on the pulse, and then Mary's is just like, (laughs) here's this, like, fucking blur-tooled, in the shape of me, that we're all just supposed to assume is you, (laughs) when you really look like a ghost in somebody's house anyway um 
then Mary makes Heather make eye contact. So they both get a glass of wine. They make her, um, (laughs) they cheers. And Mary's like, no, we have to make eye contact when you cheers. So we have good luck for seven years. And then Mary says, I learned that in Milano. (laughs) You didn't learn that in Milan. No, you did not. (laughs) So, okay. Heather's like, okay, we need to talk about this lunch. And Mary's like, still very adamant that Jen is triggered by her. Because she wants to be top dog. So, two layers here is that Mary thinks that she is the queen bitch of the show. Jen is jealous of her. Jen is trying to take her down. And she's so insecure over Mary's top dog status. That <laughs> this is why they're at where they're at. Okay. Okay. I you have to admire the high self-esteem of it all, you know? You just do. Because Mary is not even like I am like she she's like, yeah, like obviously you guys see this, right? Like I'm the queen. Jen is clearly jealous of me, like, obviously. <laughs> like, not even up for debate. <laughs> so then Mary makes this weird comment. She's like, you know, I think Jen's triggered by me because of my color. And Heather's like, you think Jen doesn't, you think this is a black thing? <laughs> and, and, um, Mary's like, oh, you know, like my color, my style, me, like whatever I have, she wants to be the best and she wants it. And Heather's like, what is she even saying? Why would Mary being black have anything to do with Jen being jealous of her having a Chanel bag? Now, granted, I will say that oftentimes, you know, we have some blind spots when it comes to race relations and like, why would, you know, why other people might be jealous of black people for attaining a certain status level, financial, you know, peak. But I'm, I'm kind of with Heather here. Like it, cause at first it kind of seemed like Mary didn't mean to say my color in the sense of like my race. I, <laughs> at first I thought she was saying like, she just loves that I'm like a colorful person. Like I'm a dynamic human being <laughs> and I'm still not really sure if that's what she meant or not. So Heather being like, what does Mary being black have to do with her being jealous of like all the things that she's got. That is something that very well could happen. It's not happening here. And none of (laughs) the real question is why does Mary think that Jen's jealous of her at all? (laughs) Why does she think she's jealous of anything that Mary's got going on? Because there's a price to that Chanel bag girl and the price we all know what the price is that Mary pays. Okay. We don't even need to talk about it. So thinking that Jen would be jealous of any aspect of Mary's life. It's not adding up for me, bro. (laughs) I'll just say that. 
So then Mary brings up the grandpa fucker comment. Excuse me. It is so fucking funny to me. Have you guys seen those memes that happen on, I think it's mostly a Twitter thing where they'll say something like, oh, this shortened name stands for this longer, more proper name. So if you look online, you can find people say like, <laughs> like Ice Cube stands for Icelandic Cubicle <laughs> or like <laughs> Lil Pump's full name is Lillian Pumpernickel, things like that. Um, so Mary keeps trying to do this thing where it's like grandpa fucker is short for gram grandfather mf -er. <laughs> I just love the innocence to which Mary cusses so little in her life that like she thinks that grandfather mf -er is something that people would call her or would call anybody like literally that would never happen so then Mary explains again, like the situation with him and grandpa or with her and grandpa Zaddy and says, you know, my grandma passed everything down to me. And I mean everything, including her husband. And Heather's like, I just want to clarify, like, he's not your blood relative, right? She's like, no, of course he's not. And then Mary says, you know, she starts crying and says, you know, I didn't want to marry this guy. Like, it's weird. I didn't want to do this. But I listened to my grandma. I trusted the fact that she had given us all this stuff, that she had accumulated all of these things, and I just trusted the process. I trusted her vision. And then Mary says it took her two years to even, like, fully get married to Grandpa Zaddy because she needed to think about it. And she prayed on it. And she... You know, it just took her a long time to find peace with the situation. So then Heather says, you know, I just feel really bad for Mary because I understand choosing your faith for love, over love. But even in my situation, like, I wasn't, I never called this man my grandfather or even daddy. So... That's the difference between Mary and I. <laughs> but I feel you, girl. And then we end the uh, episode with Heather saying, you know, Mary, I think you and Jen have a lot more in common than even you'd realize. More things in common than you have differences. And Mary's like, I don't really care because I love hard. But when I'm out, I'm out. And I don't want to hear it like I'm done with Jen officially. That was the end of the episode, y'all. <laughs> I'm actually kind of like, I don't, historically in Housewives, like the things that I enjoy are just like unintentional comedy and things of that nature. I don't necessarily look forward to fighting and I definitely don't look forward to like a long drawn out storyline about two women arguing about something that is probably very stupid, but I'm here for this one. I'm really wanting to see how it shakes out. I'm wanting to see <laughs> Jen's reaction to realizing that Mary thinks that Jen treats her the way she does because she's jealous. I'm very here for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys can give me a five-star review over on Apple podcasts, that would be 
incredible, and I would be very, very grateful. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash ebbmpodcast. I have a series that I did on Lindsay Lohan's own special. Uh, and now I'm in the Bethany getting married slash Bethany ever after universe. I'm almost winding that up. It's almost done y'all. Um, so yeah, have a great weekend. Love you. Bye.